I'm jamming out. Yeah, welcome to the welcome December 19th PR's All Day Shit Show. <laughs> yeah, it's been a learning. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know where. Well, to first start. of all, welcome Matt. Yeah, <laughs> welcome Matt. Yeah, by the way, welcome Matt. Thank God. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we were going to have Alessandra Pacelli on, but that would have been a complete mess for her and embarrassing for her because <laughs> she's nervous about doing these kinds of things anyway it would have been especially nerve-wracking because we've struggled here for 45 minutes to get the sound right <laughs> it flew by though it was a lot of fun hanging out and troubleshooting <laughs> with you guys i think this was a test actually to see how good i am at what i do uh behind the scenes with the electronics and whatnot right yeah unfortunately we don't super helpful yeah, well, here's the other thing. Fortunately, we don't have a live audience, even though we go live. <laughs> like maybe one or two. So, yeah, one or two, and then they probably already dropped off, or they're watching another one laughing their ass off. We got one back right now. So yeah. Awesome. Right, Welcome, so, viewers. All right. So this this is kind of a hacked version of our podcast, and percent because we were we're going through computers and through our roadcaster and bringing in Matt and thank goodness we did it with Matt. Cause he helped, he helped to get us at least to this point. And he's also got the patience to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. So if you're, if you're setting up these uh, just as a word for anyone that's interested in doing these types of podcasts, you know, obviously tests are super important. Um, and you know, in this case, we're essentially testing our guest with Matt Souza, <laughs> who informed us about 15 or 20 minutes into this debacle that this was the first podcast outside invitation that he's accepted. <laughs> Super honored and at the same time embarrassed. Yeah, embarrassed. Not only that, it was probably his last one. Exactly <laughs> what I thought. It's going great so far, guys. Enjoying my time here with you. Oh, so, and I, I'll be honest with you, I really wanted to impress Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching a couple of previous episodes and uh, the last one you guys were talking about, like um, the open, the, what you guys do for the, the open. That was really yeah. cool. That might steal some of those ideas and how you're doing the team stuff. And I, one thing I was like, oh, you guys got a cool intro song and like a whole lead in like that's <laughs> awesome. And then you were fiddling with the countdowns and stuff. And that's something that I've always uh, I've always nudged towards with uh, oh, Savon's podcast, but there's no way he wants to do it. He's a... not into it. No, no. as a matter of fact, I, I heard Craig say something that I've never heard in 711 shows, which is, okay, we're going to go live. Are you guys ready? <laughs> <laughs> so usually everybody's chatting, and then you just hear, a, bam, we're live. And that's yeah, it. Right. It starts, and you're like, okay, great. Guess we're live. So it's like a rolling start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I like. Always. I enjoy that about his podcast. It is um, so, well, our, our focus has kind of morphed over the last, I don't know, 10, 10 episodes and really where we're, where we're finding and what we enjoy discussing the most is um, the affiliate world and providing content uh, directly for affiliates. And I started thinking about it. We, there's really not, a, there's a couple of podcasts, but they're really heavily biased towards um uh, people that are trying to sell a, a, yeah, a mentorship uh, for, for, for affiliates. And I'm really more interested in kind of giving real world experiences behind the scenes, type stuff. behind the scenes stuff so that people can know what it's like at, at Diablo CrossFit. And then some of the other affiliates that Jamie Lee works with as well. And then I, in my, what I'd like to do is bring on guests too, that can talk to that 
Um, and hopefully that affiliates can listen to this and maybe gather one or two things that might help them with their affiliate. CrossFit affiliates are out there. Uh, well, right now, and I, I know this, that there, there's quite a few that are struggling to get by and get through, uh, recover from recover from the pandemic still, and then, and then build a business. Um, and many that are, have been in it six, seven years that are just, you know, after the last two years, especially really burned out and kind of debating whether or not they want to continue. Yep. Um, anyway, so, um, but I, I thought I'd bring you on cause we can talk about a couple of things. And I thought for the, for what we can talk about first of all is the, um, the shortage of L1 coaches, L1, L2, or just shortage of CrossFit coaches in general. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see what, cause I've, I've had conversations with three or four affiliate owners over the last several weeks who have either asked, Hey, do you know anybody, um, that's looking um, or what do you guys do um, to get L1 coaches? And I wanted to see what your what your take is down at CrossFit Livermore. Um, are, are you guys fully staffed right now? Yeah, I mean, as far as like staffed is in the sense of like I don't have to roll up the sleeves and get in the trenches like full time anymore. Then, yeah, the answer to that's yes. I mean, we're always looking for talent. We know that that's the hardest resource to find in the gym. Um, and a couple of things I actually, once you sent me over the topic, I did a little bit of like research on this too. So we could talk about averages, uh, within our industry as well, based off of 10,600 gyms that they, uh, surveyed over there at two brain business and, um, kind of work, work back with that just to give an at large picture. But yeah, right now fully staffed, I have one, two, two coaches who are technically part-time, but both work as in full-time. And then I have, um, uh, four coaches that just kind of pick up a couple hours that are just here because they love to do it. They love the community. They're passionate about it. Um, they all have, you know, full nine to five jobs and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so two part-time people, then about, about four, uh, you know, couple, couple hours a, a week coaches. Yeah, we're do, we do, we have three full-time coaches that make this into their entire career and entire income. Um, and then uh, 12 part-time coaches um, that cover, you know, different times. Yeah. Different times. Yeah. Um, and Jamie Lee likes to coach. Um, he coaches about four to six hours a week. Um, I do the same thing. I coach four to six hours a week just cause I, I like to stay in it. Um, it keeps me sharp, um, keeps me in touch with my customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, in, um, interestingly enough, usually we've I've always got a couple coaches kind of in the wings or in training. We do an observe and assist oh, program yeah. where we bring um, interns in essentially, and then they they anywhere from thirty to sixty hours of observe and assist before they become a coach. And I've always got one or two that's that, that are going through that program. And right now, and for the last probably three, four months, I haven't had anybody do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so that to me is kind of a leading indicator of, Hey, you're going to need coaches. Um, yep. You're going to need to, it, you know, cause it, it's always good to have those people. in. so I'm always, I'm always trolling for coaches. Meaning if I see a member that I think might make um, a good coach and might have an interest in coaching, I'll, I'll put it out to me. Have you ever thought about getting your level one? coaching in and of itself is ex- is incredibly rewarding and i let them know this you know it's it's very fulfilling mm-hmm. coaching you know when i coach man i especially at the end of a good session 
feel really good about myself and what I've mm-hmm. done and what we're doing. Um, and it's, uh, and same with my, the, the, I think all of our coaches, but, it, but especially our part-time coaches that have full-time jobs, they just love doing it. They're not, they're, they're not making a huge amount of money with us. It's, it's, I'm sure it's nice having the extra little bit of income, little gas I'm, money. Yeah. yeah. A little gas money, uh, CrossFit shoe money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, go ahead. I feel like too, like, and this is something I always tell, you know, people, especially athletes, you know, that do spend a lot of time in here, you know, I'll just throw out like Alessandra Pichelli, right? She, yeah. You know, she's lived in the gym the last 10 years competing for the games. Um, and her transition into a coaching situation has been awesome. But I always tell people that are, you know, very into the, you know, they spend a lot of time here and they're training really heavy. They make good coaches because at the same time, they have a lot of experience to share, but it ends up making them a better athlete in the long run because they end up seeing some of the same issues that they might have and approach that differently to try to get their athlete to fix it. Right. So it kind of almost hitting it from a different perspective kind of helps out. It's something I've always noticed with some of our athletes that have stepped up to be coaches. Yeah. They end up becoming better athletes overall. Yeah, and how do you guys approach that normally? Like if you, so if you find somebody in the gym, that might be a good candidate. Like what are you looking for first and foremost? And then what does that conversation usually look like? And I'm going to steal this for my own selfish reasons. Yeah, for, that's how I ask. for me, it's, it's the relatability with other people. Yeah. Are they, do they get along with pretty much everybody in the community? Are they approachable? Um, that's, that's like the first thing. You know, if you can tell if they, they, they're nice and they smile, they say hello to people, they say hello to new people, they say hello to our coaches um, or, and they respect our coaches. Because a lot of times you get athletes that are really good and they don't it, – it's not that they're rude, but they just – They have a wall. Yeah, they have a wall. That's well said. Yeah. They, they have a wall that, they, you know, that they're not, they're not that approachable and that, and that they're um, – and, and our coaches feel intimidated by them. Mm. And so it, those won't necessarily make great coaches, but the ones like Alessandra Pacelli is super approachable. Um, Amy, mm-hmm. um, super approachable, nice, open. Um, it's those are the types of athletes that make good coaches. And those that are open and receptive to feedback. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, that's if they, if they are coachable, they also can coach. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. Yeah. And that's kind of the same things that I look for too, right? It's got to be like, Hey, are you somebody who's warm welcoming that the community kind of gravitates towards automatically? And then that way, when we elevate your position within the communities, are they going to be receptive to that? Cause you're always gonna have to get over that hump of like, Hey, I was working out next to you. Now you're telling me what to do on my thrusters. Like I've seen your thrusters, you know? And uh, <laughs> so you always have to be able to have that. And just out of curiosity, what's the shortest amount anybody's ever coached for you guys? Cause I bet you, I have you beat. <laughs> um probably like two, um i want to i want to say like a, 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 you, if you remember athena coached with us for about yes. for about a month uh yeah she coached for us for about a she's a member and she bet she's an l1 she coached and she could and she just she just, she just didn't have it she i mean she just didn't have the drive to want to coach right that, that's right she didn't have the drive to want yeah. to coach yeah. she had all the abilities it's yeah. just i think she, she had a, stuff in her outside life right. and she was helping take care of her parents yeah. like it was, yeah that's right yeah yeah. So I've had, I had a coach come and he did, he lasted one class, one, one, class. Class, one class. And so we were originally, <laughs> and, and this is, <laughs> this is a good uh, lesson for anybody out there listening that might think like, Oh, I got a friend or a buddy who I think would do well. Right. And so we have the same kind of internship process where 
we'll go through kind of our core values. We'll talk about, uh, I have this thing called the mature coach model that I totally ripped off of, um, I think like a John Maxwell thing. Uh, oh no, Stephen Covey. It was ripped off of a Stephen Covey thing. Um, the mature coach model is the correct amount of consideration and courage to run the class. You have to have a, a certain amount of consideration for people that might be dealing with things or issues or continuing to work on their movement. But you also have the courage to say like, hey, hold on, take the weight off the bar. That looks terrible. Yeah. Let's do this. But to do it in a tactful way with consideration. So that's kind of the model that we go after. And um, he kept going like, no, I got this. I've been doing this for years. The gym I went in San Francisco. And he was like within a group of us. And we always had a good time when he lifted. I wasn't super close with him. So I said, okay, no problem. So he took the class, um, ran the class, and uh, I was kind of just sitting and observing. But one of my coaches who's been with me um, for the whole entire time since day one I've opened the gym took his class. And it just happened to be a coincidence. And so afterwards, we were having a little powwow, just kind of doing a debrief uh, after the class that he coached. And I called my other coach in there. I go, hey, Vince, what would you think about you know, so-and-so's class? And the first thing he asked, he goes, yeah, were you prepared? Or did you have a lesson plan at all? And like, and it was just a general, genuine question. He knew that there was a learning process that would come with this. And all of a sudden, his whole demeanor changed. And he was just pissed. And so going back to what you were saying about being able to take feedback, right? So then yeah. I discussed, and I, and I like to label a lot. So like when we're in there, we're having a tough conversation. I see that. I'll just reach over. Hey, Craig, you look upset. Was something that was said in that last thing upset there and just kind of label the emotion like label the, the conversation so we could just air that out we're not pretending to kind of like move past it when clearly there's an issue and this person is now shut down so no longer going to be receptive to anything we say like no no issue bro i was like oh shit here we go so anyways so like i i give a little feedback and go okay so we'll talk and i leave and um he was gonna uh lift with a couple of the other um uh, coaches that were staying and i started giving the text hey this guy has not shut up He's super pissed off about the experience he said he was attacked that you blindsided him and like all this stuff and uh that was one of the litmus tests that i hadn't been around this person in a situation where direct feedback had been had been given and that's hugely important whenever you guys are looking for somebody because if you're not able to have candid feedback uh whether it's formally or informally constantly flowing between uh members and coaches and coaches and and owners and stuff uh you just get into a whole whole mess of trouble so yeah that's my that's my story of our record it was one oh, day God. he wrote this lengthy email out about how he was attacked and how he felt and i said hey i completely understand i respect your position and your feelings this just this isn't going to be a right fit <laughs> that was yeah, it. You're, you're feeling attacked for that that's yeah this is not a safe space <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's one of the things so i've got multiple affiliates that have reached out to me for looking for coaches and and i've actually touched base with a couple of people at crossfit um, who have indicated that they're working on a solution to create a you know a website or message board or some way to connect level ones or level twos that are maybe interested in coaching with with affiliates so i'm hopeful that something develops there um i uh it's i'm worried that some of these affiliates are having to do all of the work some of these affiliate owners are having to do all the work as a result and i actually know one affiliate owner that said i'm not even worried about an l1 anymore i just want someone that can that can they can run a class which mm -hmm. that starts to make me nervous a slippery slope it, it is a slippery slope but it, but uh but i'm also but that's better than the than that owner just trying to do it all and being burned out and having to shut down it's like more in crisis but i think the last two mm -hmm. years of crossfit not doing a lot of certifications and at one point i think they stopped them all together because of covid mm -hmm. 
And so you have a now you have a lot less L1s, new L1s out there in in the marketplace. And coaches that were working at affiliates went and found other jobs because mm -hmm. they didn't have their regular schedule. Mm -hmm. And so now they're out of the business working other careers or working other jobs. And so we have a situation, I think, in the U.S. And I and I bet it's not just because I, I literally I spoke to three affiliates last week that were looking for L1s. And or looking for a coach, and I know Pete or uh, uh, Tim CrossFit Palo Alto has been looking for a while for someone for a full time coach to take on a lot of responsibility there, and he can't find someone. And, are, are these affiliates looking into like the um, when you go to like, like CrossFit main site, you can search for certifications as far as like who's in your area. And it kind of gives you an actual list of who's in your area and what certifications they have are no affiliates leverage. I don't, I don't think that? they're doing that. Just but, like cold calling them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. That's what it takes, right? Yeah. A job board. There was barbelljobs.com. Bar Bar sponsor. It was our first sponsor. And so, and maybe, Craig, you might know a little bit more about this than I did, but so we had barbelljobs.com oh, in, right. in the remember. whole in the whole entire uh, purpose of the the gentleman that owned it, Andre. He just simply wanted to build a platform and then sell it. Like that was his whole goal, and like that's okay. what he did. He would either take these websites or take certain ideas or networking opportunities. He would build out the site. He would make it to where it was basically free functioning, open sourced, and then he would just sell it to something uh, someone else for either ad space or, you know, however they wanted to try to monetize the platform once it had a certain amount of user base that they could justify value. And I thought he sold it to CrossFit. Now, I never had confirmation on this at all, but he couldn't talk about it due to the deal and everything else. But it was indicated that CrossFit HQ was either heavily considering being the buyer or was actually the buyer of barbelljobs.com. And that was exactly what you were talking about. You could go on there and you could post, you could type in your area code or how far you were willing to travel for your job. And it would bring up all the different uh, affiliates that were around the area. And it was more than just affiliates, but you could specifically make this for affiliates. And it would connect the people to it just like a message board. So if I was on there and I was like, hey, you know, I'm an L1, L2, I have five years of experience, my gym had shut down my schedule's opened up, I'm looking for a full-time or part-time, I could post that on there and then gym owners could go and check it out or the gym can post what they're looking for on there with salary, everything included. Um, and then they could go and it was kind of getting this like glass door type vibe where you could actually leave reviews and stuff like that about who you worked with and what have you. So you could start to build up a reputation like, hey, this created a lot of value and opportunity for me as a part-timer or like, hey, Matt was an asshole and said I wasn't prepared for my class so I left after day one. You know, <laughs> it's up to you. It's that's how you run it. So I don't so, know. Yeah, it's interesting because I so I just pulled it up to look at it, and they have there's it looks like there's about 25 jobs that they have um, listed around the country. It's a nice looking it's a nice looking site. I could see that as being, and it's CrossFit Jobs. He has it's Barbell Jobs, and it says the number one the world's number one job board for the CrossFit community. It would need um, oh it says current open new jobs 36. That's it. So, wow. So it was almost at a thousand plus postings when we were promoting it and pushing it. And there was has, a few that were on there. Yeah, he has 1,000 jobs posted, 1,084 jobs posted, 36 currently open jobs. I don't know what the difference is on those two things. Oh, interesting. Okay. But so still around this, them. This is, yeah. And it, and, and the, 
to be honest with you, this is exactly the kind of thing that's needed. Um, yeah. But it needs support of CrossFit. It 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 doesn't. It's it's vital to existence, yeah. right? Because like, if CrossFit isn't promoting it, if CrossFit isn't even taking these opportunities to say, "Hey, there's a big gap that needs to be filled in space X Y Z," um, just by kind of looking at the data from a website like that, there's lots of different creative ways that they could that they could fulfill it. And even one of the ways too is I always thought is like plop an L one into some of those gyms where you could host it for a weekend or two, right. yeah. and just try to drive drive traffic. And I realize that's not going to work at every single gym. If you have one in you know middle of nowhere Idaho and there's not an airport or something, you're not like gonna that might not be an opportunity but once you start to find the little pockets you could give attention you could give unique uh value propositions to those also affiliates which would help an affiliate say hey why am i paying for this well you're also paying for this now because we've created a network of l1 l2s that you could either source information from or source people for and um the, the one thing that's interesting and maybe we could speculate on this a little bit is like why is it that the fitness industry can't find real meaningful careers it usually seems that it's it's more of a passion project. You know, yeah. we have a lot of part-timers that get into it or become owners and then get burnt out. I mean, you guys have seen it over the years. But it's not just CrossFit. It's not a unique problem to CrossFit. I mean, we've seen it with the Jazzercises. We've seen it with all the other franchises, the Orange Theories, the F45s. This, it's just it's always so weird to me that um, in this specific industry, unless you're at one of the top levels of an access-only gym and you're, you know, an executive or a regional manager – or you're owning an affiliate and your affiliate has been very successful to create those opportunities for full-time coaches. It just doesn't seem to exist in our industry. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a really good point. Cause I mean, I, before even CrossFit, I got into fitness and I was a personal trainer at a global gym for about five years leading into CrossFit. And basically to do that full time, I'm working from 5am to like 10 and then you have the middle of the day open and you come back in the evening time. Cause you're really at the mercy of what your clients have available mm -hmm. and everybody else has, you know, day jobs. So when they get their workout done in the morning, they go to work and they go home to their families or they wake up, go to work and then come to the gym later. Mm -hmm. So you're, I mean, to make it as a full-time career, <clears throat> you got to get creative. Well, yeah. that, that is interesting. So that's, that makes it inter right away less desirable as a full-time career. If you're working when everybody else is not working. <laughs> like most yeah. everybody in this, in this industry is like, it's a, it's a passion project. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do it for the benefit of helping people. It's not necessarily monetary gain. Well, that's, and so I find that Matt with our coaches, right. I, you know, I have every pay period. I have challenges getting the coaches to log their PTs. <laughs> all I want them to do is book the private coaching session. Like they, they'll do the private coaching session. They'll even charge the client, but they won't close it out so that they can get paid. And every pay period, there's <laughs> you're chasing them down to pay them, chasing them down to pay them. And it's and it's and again, I think there's that that it's a kind of a dichotomy of of personality. The people that are the your best coaches aren't doing it for the money and aren't necessarily that they aren't money motivated. It's not that they don't they're want money, they're money. just not money motivated. Right. And when you find that sweet spot of the combination of the coach that like really wants to make a good income and they want to help people, I mean, that's a, that's an ideal situation. And I have, I think two or th two of those, three of those, the others, I literally have to, you know, 
and I, I tell you, even even well, I'll come in and I'll sit down and meet with them and go, I'm giving you a raise. Like, oh, okay, that's great. And yeah, thanks. <laughs> if, and if I ask them, do you know how much you're making now? They, I, I guarantee you more than half of them would say, no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a check. I mean, so, that I, get this the last paper we had, a, there was a, a, a payroll snafu with the, um, our manager that does the payroll, Carrie Olson. The um, ADP had a payroll snafu, and so it didn't pay on the date that it was supposed to pay, which was you know five days. Out. It was supposed to pay a couple of days after the first month, and the fifth day of the month, the fifth day of the month, no payroll has gone out. We don't know that it hasn't gone out. A coach at the end of the day came up to me and said, "Hey, <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I got paid." <laughs> and I looked, and no one had been paid for the four days. No one said anything. <laughs> I mean, I think that also, too, just speaks to the community over at Diablo. And this is a thread that we see amongst all the CrossFit affiliates, right? Is like, there's just really good people that take personal responsibility. Yes. And so, so many of them probably like, did I screw something up? Why didn't I get paid? Like, oh, nobody's like out in front of your house right. with a pitchfork. Yeah. Like, you know, Craig's yeah. taking all the money and hoarding it. <laughs> <laughs> he bought a new jet ski. I seen it in his garage, right? <laughs> And so, like, it, it's kind of funny, but I, I do think that that is, that is the thread of the type of people that you attract. I mean, I have somebody, um, uh, Susie, who's been with me actually before uh, CFL because I purchased an existing CrossFit gym when we first went into it, um, which is a story in all its own. But she came with uh, that gym. Awesome lady. Um, she's an, a, an executive at a um, at TaylorMade Brands. Uh, which was like men's warehouse and that kind of glom Jose bank and stuff. Um, very established in her career, very well respected within her field. And I remember one time I reached out and I was like, Hey, you know, Susie, you, you only have to do these two classes to kind of meet, meet the quota here. I don't, I don't want to take advantage. You're doing these early morning ones. You're doing the afternoon. And she gave me this weird look like you're, you're kicking me off. And I was like, no, not at all. I just wanted you to know that you had options. She's like, I don't, if I need an option, I'll let, I'll let you know. Am I doing something wrong? Why are you? And I was like, no, 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 you are. And here I thought it was like taking advantage in the back of my mind. I was like, I yeah. really need to like give her the out if she wants to. I don't want her to feel bad. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why are you taking this away from me? What did I do wrong? Um, so that's just the type of people that usually these gyms in this community like attracts, which I think is is crazy unique um, because then I know that a lot of times, and especially you probably have it over at Devil, like these people will then all of a sudden take charge of certain things. Like yeah. next thing you know, Susie was putting together this whole entire volunteer yes. for open kitchen that we do. And she's doing all this extra work. And she was like, I wanted a sweatshirt. And I, I talked to these vendors and here's all the options for quotes if you want. And I'm like, holy, she did all this back end work. And you're just like, it's like amazing. You know, no, and I've, in, in those situations, and I just had this conversation with the with the coach the other day. I said, OK, when, when you're doing these things, book your time. I want to pay you for this time. Like I told, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's OK. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not OK. <laughs> <laughs> I want take the money, damn it. That's why when I see, like, I see, you know, who's notorious for his morning chalk up when they, you know, they get on these payroll issues, and then they, they, then you see all these comments, and their coaches aren't paid, and the coaches don't make a living. I'm like, okay, these, these, the people that are making these comments and the money chalk, they have just no understanding. Yeah. Of the yeah. Uh, because affiliate owners do want to pay and affiliate owners want to, to try to maximize it. And again, it's, but it's that dichotomy of the person that, that makes the best coach is not necessarily keenly interested in, in trying to generate a big income for themselves. Yep. And, uh, and, and things get left, uh, left off the table as a result. And it is incumbent upon the affiliate owner, obviously to, to make sure that the, those people are paid and paid well. My, my coaches, I do my best to maximize that potential as much as I can. 
um, because they're the asset that that makes or breaks this gym. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and just some figures here off of uh, the two brain business averages. It's like twenty two dollars is the average paid class per for a CrossFit gym across the U.S. Um, the average annual pay for a full time coach is twenty six thousand nine hundred and seventy three dollars, okay. and the average full time uh, access only gym like your you know twenty four hour fitness that type of stuff is uh, for their full time is forty four thousand two hundred and fifty one. Um, so just, I mean, when you look at the economics of it right there, it's like, you already are kind of like, you know, you find these extremely overqualified people for it. And then you present them with something like, Hey, you want to do this full time? You're the person for me. And they're like, well, how much is it? And you're like, you'll make enough to live with four roommates, you know? And they're like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. I can do so much other. So yeah. it really is in like what, what I've found and, uh, hopefully, you know, some of the other smaller gyms could take something away from this is I try to create, uh, a valuable opportunity rather than an economic opportunity. And I'm also under the, I'm not in the impression that this is going to be a long-term career choice for the bulk of the people that come through. Now you'll have a few people that are really take it on and really want to do it. And they'll create, you know, income from themselves with PTs or be able to expand things in the business that create its own income and, and kind of just be their own drivers and own leaders within your or on your platform within your gym. Um, and that's basically the main thing that I go off of. And it doesn't necessarily always need to be economic value. So we do a thing with the coaches uh, around this time of year, we start in November and I have everybody, um, bucket off into a couple different sections, their annual kind of goals or what they would like to accomplish in 2023. And then we also talk about the habit that needs to come along with that goal. And it can't be arbitrary. And we kind of beat each other's goals up and, and put a little pressure on there. So, you know, if Jamie Lee came to me and he said, Hey, I want to, I want to save more money this year. I would tell him, well, that goal is bullshit because nobody knows where your baseline is, just like we would in CrossFit. Where's your baseline? Where are you starting from? And, and, and how much can you actually save? And then so then once we get really clear on that, he goes, oh, I want to, you know, I want to save $24,000 this year. I'm in a position to save $2,000 a month. Okay, great. Now, the second question is what habits do you need to change or you do need to pick up that are going to also help you move towards that goal of saving you $2,000 a month. And we go through this in pretty much detail. And then we try to hold each other accountable with it. We'll print them out, we'll put them up in the office. Um, me, just because with the multiple different hats I wear, I actually print everything out each week. So this is like my whole weekly prep printout. I don't want to show too much because there's like personal stuff on there. So I'm positive. Like, he thinks I'm doing a bad job. But, um, <laughs> and then I actually, uh, put this here too just to give a little bit more insight so i'll write it up like this in each quadrant um in the ones that personally i chose were like financial family business health personal development and education and so i'll put two to three things in each one of those buckets and then i'll tie a habit uh that i didn't either stop doing <laughs> a habit that's moving me away from it or pick up a habit that's moving me towards it and then we'll meet quarterly on these goals and um i wow. And I really encourage uh, the you know staff fellows to jump onto this to do them around you personally, because then we can become a team of people that just help you kind of do what you want to do. If you're if you're, you're me and you're like, hey, I'm coaching, I want to do this full time, but it's really my dream to open a wine tasting specialty store. Okay, well, awesome. Let's put that into the goals. Let's work together on this. You know, how could we meet? So then that way, they're also receiving some sort of value outside of just you know. The average $22 per class and um, they're connected to it and they're being driven and they find that the place or the affiliate in the meetings with the staff and all of them help them achieve their stuff personally way outside of what they normally do. So that's just fantastic. a little, yeah, just a little. We're, we're similar in that look, you're, you're not going to get rich here coaching classes and you're going to get burned up because coaching classes is, 
is while it's incredibly rewarding and very satisfying and, and a lot of times a lot of fun when you get a good great class it's just it it, it economically for a CrossFit gym is not feasible for us to create an income stream that would pay someone enough for full-time living. So for us, um, the way I look at it is that Diablo's business is the membership. So our revenue stream, our primary revenue stream is our membership. And I want to get as many members as I can paying us as regularly as I can, as long as they can. And I, you know, I do that by you know, offering, awesome classes, keeping our facilities up to date, um, keeping the gym clean, but then also having good coaches. Now for the coaches, I tell them, look, uh, you know, here's what the, your hourly rate is going to be, but here's where the opportunity is. You can, um, you can do private coaching sessions. You can do skills clinics. You can do all of these things. And I give the maximum percentage that I can, that, that I can with uh, literally in, in, in most cases with private trainings I break even mm -hmm. um, because I don't see those as revenue opportunities for Diablo. I see those as revenue opportunities for my coaches. And, but what it does is if a, if a member is doing private training sessions with one of my coaches, they're building a relationship um, that will keep them here a little longer. They're improving their skill sets, which will keep them here a, lo a little longer. Um, and then the coach is getting a reward, which keeps the coach here longer. So I see skills clinics and private coaching sessions and, and even better is a, a custom coach, a, a custom, custom programming um, where, where they give the members um, accessory work or um, dedicated customized programming that gives the coach literally a, almost a hundred percent of the income on that again, keeps that member tied to Diablo. So my revenue stream is memberships. The coach's revenue stream is custom programming, private coaching, um, and uh, clinics, and events. clinics and event and events. And it and as a result, I it, they can generate a a nice income. I have one coach that almost broke the six figure barrier last year. Wow. Um, and uh, and he's close again this year. Um, and a couple and and two or three other coaches that are above that average that. Um, that you mentioned from two brain. So it seems to be working um, for the other coaches. They're part-time and that's, and they're satisfied with the extra income they're getting because they have other careers or that, or other incomes. Um, but is again, it, I just took the, 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 the view of letting go of those other revenue streams and really focusing on the membership stream. And it, one, it makes my life a lot easier. Now yeah. I don't have to, I'm, I'm not worried about, Hey, 15% of my income needs to come from private coaching. 15% needs to come from place. No, I'm just a membership business. I really mm -hmm. want memberships and I want them to stay and pay as long as possible. And if you want to do nutrition coaching, you want to do private clinics, you want to do custom coaching, you want to do all those things, do it. I highly encourage it. And not only that, here's the thing I've been struggling with too, Matt, uh, with my coach, we talked about this uh, kind of in the beginning. I want them to charge a fair price for private coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Maddox said it right. down there with Dave Castro. He charges 300 bucks an hour for, wow. for his clients. And he goes, and I'm worth it. And I could see it because not only do you get a private coaching session, but you probably get homework, you get skills, you mm -hmm. get things that will last you the rest of your life. That is worth 300 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My coaches, I'm trying to get them to, you know, they feel guilty for charging, uh, you know, more than a hundred bucks an hour. I'm like, you got to understand, first of all, people are willing to pay. And two, you're, you're giving them something that's going to last them. It's not just for that hour, but it's going to last them a lifetime. 
Right. It's funny too, like two things on, on that point. Number one, that's the same model that you were talking about as far as personal training, taking the bare minimum from it. That's the same thing that I do too, because it also takes the pressure off you off the owner of trying to like continuously give raises and you're like, shoot. And it was funny because once we really talked about that and a couple of my coaches like went after it, I, I'm like, you know, signing the checks at the end of the month and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, dude, I'm kind of like, look at that. Yeah. we double check this this is right and i'm like shit and i could speak to the you know the smaller gym owners and stuff because i find i think i'm kind of like right in between i'm not like super small but we don't quite have the size of the community that you guys have right so i'm kind of like right in that middle lane and, and i sympathize with some of the smaller gyms because they're like shit dude i'm not even paying myself and now i have to give away a percentage and i will say to those to those gym owners that are listening right now focus on the long-term thinking yes don't sell yourself because sure, it might make a couple extra hundred dollars and it might feel a little bit better, but you'll end up running that person out. Then you're going to be in a whole heap of trouble when you don't have the help that you need to separate yourself from those hours to do the other work, to be able to be the business driver because you're too into the classes too much, right? Um, so really take the long-term vision on that and let your coaches create their own income within the gym. And you hit a bunch of good points there, which is essentially they're making your business model stronger. Yeah. So by allowing that freedom, if you're saying we're focusing solely on revenue and lifetime value of the customer, they're actually helping that vision. If you stay true to that, don't get caught up like, holy shit, one of my coaches made almost you know $9,000 this month and they're doing all this personal training, they're kicking butt and the members are loving them. It's like, perfect. Because yeah. now they're going to stay there and everything else. And then going back to what I originally said about creating value opportunity, if you're having open discussions about their personal goals and they come to you and they say, hey, one day I want to own a gym. Your answer should be awesome. How do we cultivate that together here? Not push them away and then see them as the enemy. Because once it becomes like an us versus them, like coaches and members versus the owner, you are already on your way out. The the career path in CrossFit is, you know, you you start as a coach. um, You can maybe manage or you can build a huge uh, personal private training uh, clientele. You can uh, do custom programming. Um, Jamie Lee, actually, because he... um, uh, started writing our program for Diablo and then we got it on the sugar wad started growing. And I really, I just didn't want to have anything to do with it, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, he, he literally, we spun that business out and he's the CEO of that business now. Mm-hmm. So he does the programming for us. And now he's got his own business that he basically took out of Diablo and he was a former affiliate owner as well, took out of Diablo and ran that business. Or the other alternative is, is that you go on and open your own affiliate. And, and to me, that's awesome. That's exactly what we want. I want people. It, I, I would love it if a coach left here and went somewhere and opened up their own affiliate and it would help support and grow because the more people that we have that are running good affiliates, like the one that you run in Livermore or maybe the one I run here, the better it is for CrossFit and the better it is for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to an earlier point, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but I like to spread the gospel wherever I can. That's right. Is that that CrossFit, the other thing that needs to happen from the company itself is we have to put such a high amount of attention and value on the L1 certification because the L1 certification and the L1 trainers that are in there are are the disseminators of the DNA of CrossFit. They are the ones that are injecting it into everybody with that weekend, firing everybody up so they can leave there going, oh my gosh, I just want to help people with the tools that I have. I want to become an awesome coach and I want to spread the message of CrossFit. 
And if we're not placing a really high uh, emphasis on that, creating this tension of I need to go get my L1 because all these awesome people are talking about it. Now, we got away with it in the early days because all the L1 staff members, not all, majority of them, and especially the forward facing ones in media were games level competitors and they were also gym owners. So you had such this sweet yeah. spot of they were like affiliate owners. I could see them on TV. I'm idolizing them. Now I get to sign up and or go flow masters, right? or, yeah. or flow masters. Exactly. And so it created this natural buzz to get your L1 because when I first started, that was my holy grail. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get good enough. So I go to the L1, not embarrass myself. Yeah. Still completely embarrassed myself. But I had enough time there to where I was like, okay, I really want to go do this. And this is one thing that I really enjoy doing with the podcast is we create a ton of that tension. We talk about the L1 ad nauseum. And I would, I would easily argue that we are the number one seller of the L1 outside of CrossFit HQ themselves. You know, that's fascinating. So here we are, right? Here we are two years a pandemic, very few L1s, CrossFit not talking about the L1 or not promoting the L1 very much at all. And here we are now. I'm hearing about coaching shortages yeah. from people in in the Dominican Republic. I did a phone call with a guy um, this last week from the San Francisco down to the South Bay in, in the Bay Area, um, out in the Midwest. Like People are now facing, affiliate owners are now facing coaching shortages that is a direct reflection of the of the lack of attendees at L1s, arguably because of the, you know, understandably because of the pandemic, but also because CrossFit literally, I, I think you're right, has really backed off or hasn't seen the need to promote the L1s like they like they were automatically yeah. when we had flow masters and games athletes at L1s. That's super, super point. Yeah. good point, Matt. Yeah, I mean, because that for so for instance, my first L1 was in 2013. And um, I had Jason Kalipa as the flow master, Neil Maddox, Pat Barber, and Miranda. And so that was my staff. So these were the people that I'm like watching, I'm seeing yeah. on the videos, you know, it's just, you're just immersed in that culture. And then finally, I, I literally had like a tax return that I used to, you know, pay for it at the time. And I was like, okay, I'm taking this. I'm going to go do it. And it was just amazing. The experience was so incredible that it just, it like skyrocketed me and I wanted to make this a, a career. So you're having two problems that's happening, right? Number one, if we don't have that pipeline full of uh, L1 people eager to take their um, seminar, eager, eager to get their, to get their cert, you're also seeing a big fall off of new affiliates because that is yes. the pipeline. So yep. we have two issues that's, that it's creating. Number one, we're creating a, a coaching shortage, which in turn, you've already spoke about this, Craig, here, which is if we don't have coaches and the owners have to re-roll back up their sleeves and get back, you're going to experience a lot of burnout. And mm -hmm. they're going to really start questioning, like, is this even freaking worth it anymore, right? Because yeah. we know, especially three of us here talking, like you could take a lot of the effort that we have and you could apply that to a different industry in dollar amount, you're going to make fucking a thousand X more than you would in this industry. Fulfillment amount, maybe zero, right? You're not going to be nearly as fulfilled as you would working in this industry, but dollar amount, it's going to be a lot different. So if we're, if we're experiencing a coaching shortage, soon behind that is going to be in a new affiliate shortage opening. And if I'm, if I'm the, I was going to say the CEO of CrossFit, but if I'm on the board of CrossFit, <laughs> so we're not really sure exactly you know who that is labels or what autonomy people have, but let's say I am a decision maker at CrossFit. I'm sitting there and I'm starting to think, okay, what are my, what are my three lines of revenue and who are my customer? You're going to think the L1, those certs, your affiliate fees. And then you 
could maybe make the argument that competition is a third, but I would make the argument that these two subsidize competition. I don't have no, the P&Ls and stuff like they're that, but, yeah. but I would, but I would be willing to bet. So what you're looking at is, is, and I know we're moving a little uh, far away, so we'll get back to like the inside the gym in a minute here, but I'm just trying to look at the global problem as it exists, not just the individual affiliates. Right. So then, so if I'm CrossFit and you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, our two major revenue streams are starting to die up because we're not stuffing that pipeline full. At some point you have to sit there and say, what is our biggest objective? And this is why I'm critical of CrossFit is because I don't think we're seeing the whole entire game plan in terms of the long-term vision of the board. And the two questions that I always come back to asking is like, hey, what what does Berkshire Partners outcome look like for CrossFit? Because that is a very important question to ask because what does their long-term vision look like for CrossFit? Are they going to try to sell it? Do they want to hold on to it? Is it? Do they think it's going to be profitable? The other question there is, is how do they hope to attain that? And what type of capital burn rate do they have to accomplish that? How much money is in the bank to where we could start to use some of these initiatives to start filling our affiliates with L1 uh, uh, qualified L1 certs and to start to get our new affiliate owners all excited in the pipeline to open their affiliate one day. And if we don't really know what that long-term vision is, I have nothing else but to suspect that they would prefer to grow the ecosystem of CrossFit so they could be invested in commodities to eventually make a return. So if I own a percentage of Noble and Noble now becomes a head sponsor for the CrossFit games, and I'm more focused on Noble's growth because then they're going to sell or they're going to do this. And then we'll get a piece of that pie to put money back in our CrossFit as Berkshire partners. And I do that with a lot of the new circulating commodities. Is that their method of growing return on their investment? I, I hope, I don't I, know. personally, I hope that that's what they're thinking. That, it, that let's grow the CrossFit ecosystem. And then, you know, then let's start companies that, that can build off of that RX bar that, freaking fruit roll up in a you know square package 400 mil or what was it 600 mil 600 million they sold and that started that's a crossfit started affiliate uh, affiliate started thing yeah yeah 600 million three times it sold for three times the value of crossfit yeah <laughs> i mean that tells you the power of this ecosystem right, right. like put a valuation on rogue right now yeah yeah yeah. A billion dollar it's, company? I mean, no, it's like it's Fit Aid, it's Rogue, it's Noble, it's 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 RX bar. I mean, it brought Reebok back to yeah, life. Yeah, it brought it did. It brought Reebok back to life. Like the ecosystem is amazing, and I hope that is what they're thinking, um, because that I think then um, makes it more about the affiliates and the growth of the affiliates, the growth of the ones, and like it, and it's kind of separate, if you will, right? So we're not yeah. yeah we're not, we're not making CrossFit labeled shoes or CrossFit, you know what I mean? Um, we're, we're or CrossFit labeled the uh, energy drinks, right? We, right. We, we don't want that. I want to protect the integrity of the brand and continue to do what it does so well, which is make people fit beyond expectation and cure chronic disease and save lives. Um, and, and if, as long as we do that, look, then you can feed your shoes through it. You can feed your, rx bars through it or your you know thorn supplements whatever whatever it is that's coming through the ecosystem that's fine the ecosystem is going to be there no matter what we do yeah but uh, but it is fascinating see i feel like there is a freight train actually i think the freight train's kind of already here as i talk to these affiliate owners that are yeah looking for l1s is that uh and it it, it, it you know what's going to be interesting to see too matt this year is how many people sign up for the games yeah, that the the open will be. Open, I mean. Yeah, the the open will be a big test there because 
you know, it's a, it's a big community strengthener for the yeah. affiliates. So getting back yeah. to like the micro level, the affiliate, like if you're, if you're highlighting the open, like we've gotten members from our Friday night lights before, like they come with a friend who mm -hmm. just like drug them in because they're like, I'm going to come watch you exercise. Are you kidding me on a Friday night? And they're like, Oh, there'll be beer there. And like, all right, well, fine. <laughs> so, so then they, they show up, you know, to, to have a drink and watch their friends suffer. And all of a sudden they look around and they see everybody cheering and working out and they're healthy and everybody's really like nice and friendly. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, it sucks over at 24 hour fitness when I put yeah. in my headphones and sit on the bench by myself. And I think I'm going to come check this out. And so that's a really big, really big community, community driver. And I think, you know, the open announcements inside the affiliates were my absolute favorite things to watch. I mean, right. you got the two, they would pair up awesome games competitors. They would drop them into a, you know, the local affiliate and everybody would come. And it was just, it was a really special and time in those affiliates. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, you guys uh, hosted a couple of those, so I yeah, know it's no when, easy, yeah, easy feat yeah. on no. your end either. Holy crap. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think they're... they're yeah, you, I, it, I, I hope that the, the attendance is up this year, participation is up this year. Yeah, and I, and I will tell you, the, the more CrossFit creates an opportunity for the affiliates, whether that be... Um, you know, the chance to host a, uh, an open announcement, which is only going to be three of them, right. But a chance to host, a open, uh, host an open announcement, but then creating a ton of media about those affiliates when they're doing it and creating a bunch of media about the community side of the open. Like, um, I remember being at yours at the open announcement. I think you had, uh, uh she was 16 at the time, some 16 year old. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did, uh, and, uh Ken Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. she hit some clean and jerk PR and you, we That's had right. game, you had games level athletes in there and the crowd was going more crazy for her That's and right. kind of seeing that within the community. Everybody else was like, Whoa, shit. And you had a couple of the, I think you had like the young versus the old or something like masters. And millennials versus masters. That was and, one of our open. And, and the funny uh, thing. Yeah. I went to that announcement. I was dressed up like Aladdin because it was Halloween. I went to that announcement, and I remember that, but I couldn't tell you without sitting here thinking about it for a minute what games athletes showed up. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, that, was, that was a year with some big athletes. We yeah, we had Ben, ben, ben Smith, Smith, Sean Sweeney. Sean Sweeney I, I didn't even know Ben Smith was there. Jason Carroll, yeah. I remember Jason Carroll because I think yeah. I had like a – brief conversation with him but that just goes to show you you right. know if they were to yeah, it's interesting right it was what, yeah yeah because yeah, i literally remember that and grace and i would what we talked about that it was like how cool was it where you guys set that up where we let those games athletes go and that was fun exciting to watch but then you just you brought in your your members just to get after it yeah. within that crowd and that was uh that was a big like takeaway for me it was like wow yeah, we had a 65 year old because we had uh or a, a 63 year old um um Julie. Um, oh, so yeah. Sedestrum. Yeah. Sedestrum, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if I were at CrossFit HQ, I would have, number one, promoted that within my own platform. I think at the time they were like letting the affiliates do it and it was yeah. a weird time. Yeah. So they just kind of didn't even do a host for it. But yeah. I would host it so that way every I could capture the largest part of the community that I could to watch it live. And then at the same time, I would have sent a film person out there and I would have done a whole entire behind the scenes with you guys setting it up. Because... If I were to watch the two of you guys in some of those meetings, watching the way it's set up, I would have loved to see everybody scrambling with like, shit, we didn't order this and we have these chairs and these people are coming. And you know, all that little stuff of the ins and outs of it, then the athlete showed up and then you show the thing. What that's going to do is it's going to inspire and inspire an affiliate to want to recreate that same thing within their yeah. within their own gym, and that and was something that, that early media did. Yeah, and then you and you could do that. You could set up your own Friday night lights. You could set up the same way. You could use your athletes. You could compare them next to each other. You know, some of the masters athletes versus some of the teens, and 
and basically you're giving the the blue book or the 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 blueprint to run that at a at a higher level with the games athletes but you're also creating the inspiration for a local affiliate just to do it within their own gym and the importance of it because they see the community they see that connection and then you could go into the even the business side hey this is going to create a ton more value for your members your community is going to be tighter knit the tighter knit they are the longer they're going to stay they might bring some of their friends um and that's how that's how i would create a bunch of more community and attention behind the open specifically involving the affiliates um, uh, are you hearing anything more from CrossFit with respect to to the build out of a media team there at all, or is it still nothing on nothing on my end? No, I would love to. We actually, I actually just had a uh, uh, Don in the gym last Thursday. Um, oh. They came, he came down. Uh, Katie Hogan and uh, Jordan Holland also came down, and they talked to a uh, a handful of uh, affiliate departed affiliates um, just to kind of continue to gather some information and see what they're, I wasn't uh, in the, in the meeting. They just kind of used the space as a uh, easy spot for these particular affiliate owners to kind of come oh, to. Sure, yeah. And, um, and uh, Katie Hogan came and dropped in on one of Grace's classes. I still haven't heard Grace shut up about it because she was like, I got a compliment on my coaching from Katie Hogan. And wow. <laughs> She's just going on and on and on. Um, but fun. anyhow, after that, they were like, hey, we, you know, this would be a, a decent location for us to do this. Would you mind? And I was like, yeah, and I don't have any information on that. Um, I respectfully decided to just stay away from the meeting because with the podcast sure. and that there, I didn't, I wanted people to be able to speak freely and I, and I really am pro CrossFit continued growth and exponential growth in the future. So I wouldn't want to do anything that could potentially um, harm that, whether they're afraid to give information, everybody's kind of looking at me like, so is this going to be on tomorrow's episode yeah. or what do you, you know, kind of that situation. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, um, it's interesting that they, you, there seems to be some uh, attention on, um, saving affiliates, keeping affiliates from leaving and talking to affiliate owners that left. And, and I can know, tell I, by I, the way I, you I, say that there was a mistake on their part, huh? Well, cause I, I talked to, you know, OG affiliate owners and established affiliate owners, the ones that are here <laughs> and are doing it and are doing it right. And I've said this in the past is, you know, you know, your, your girlfriend's already broken up with you. Let her go. <laughs> that ship like, has sailed. Yeah. There's, there, there's, there's not much you can do to get them back. And if you get them back, are you really ever going to trust them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. One thing though, that, you know, we talk about getting and receiving feedback, you know, they could be trying sure. to see what do they do wrong? Yeah. So they don't do it again. Yeah. You snored like a motherfucker and you, <laughs> <laughs> and you're, and you never clean your clothes. You think, okay, fine, all right. But <laughs> but I think your 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 affiliate owners that are here that are doing yeah. it right, that are successful and promote CrossFit, should be highlighting that. But let's, <laughs> yeah. Know. So if if because I know I talk to these affiliate owners and they want they're they want to be loved by CrossFit. They want to be hey, thanks for hanging with us and staying with us. You guys are doing it right. That's what we need to do more of. Yeah, and it's. And, and I've tried to communicate this to CrossFit, you know, you, you're, you know, let's, it, it, the, here's the way I look at it. And, and I, who is it? So, I don't know. Some, someone told me this one, look, if, if your girlfriend broke up with you and you pretty much know the reasons why you weren't contacting them, you weren't doing enough love, they weren't surviving, make yourself so freaking attractive and so amazing. 
CrossFit, that they want to come back to you. Yep. They want to be a part of it. Right. And how do you do that? I don't think you need to go out and have, you know, round tables and marketing and focus groups to figure that shit out. Yeah. Don't take them out to dinner. Right. No. I, I completely create agree some, with you. Create some amazing media. Make say. it just like go to the affiliates that are working and tell those stories and show those stories and help promote them and make them even more successful. So people go, damn, I want to be on that train. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to ride that. It, I want to date her again. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing you were going to say. Number one, you know, this is an old school frame, uh, phrase, but a, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, right? You already, yes. you already got some. What are you doing to add more value to them? And then the second part, as I was exactly going to agree, nobody ever wants the guy that comes back and is like, oh, baby, come on. It'll be different this time. No, they want the dude that just went silent. You haven't seen him in six months. He comes back from the gym and you're like, whoa, you got a new job. You look amazing. Oh. What have you been doing? You know, and yeah. you create that like, well, hey, let me come call you again now because I want to jump back on the bandwagon because this looks it's, so much fun. It's, it's like similar to our members. I don't have time to worry about the members that aren't coming. Right? Exactly. And I people, if you don't come, I don't care. But if you do, I will. I'll give everything I have to you to make sure that 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 you're getting ev- that everything you need to change your life and make yourself fit beyond expectation. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't come, I, like I'm not a motivational coach for the apathetic. I can't help you, you know. No, and that I'm... and that's a never-ending task because you're gonna have to go get that person from their house every single day. Uh, right? Yeah, right. It's like, oh my goodness. It's, it is absolutely the same thing. And it... I think too, going back to that original, uh, like people creating their own value, and then the state of the industry as far as coaching goes and stuff like this is a, is a lot of times. Well, uh, uh, affiliate owners, especially new affiliate owners or um, coaches that are looking to go full time, they, they realize very quickly that they own a job, not a business. And if yeah. you're if you're able to um, provide tools in the sense of inspiration as in and here and I'll, I'll conclude this with the point of what I would do, how to execute on that immediately afterwards is I would is. If you're saying, hey, look, it's going to start this way, but you could build yourself into something more. And there's a whole abundance of different avenues to create either revenue streams for your coaches on their own or for you to create more opportunity for yourself as an owner. So you could start to make a living, uh, you know, a livable wage and everything else. What do you what would you do? And so the first thing I would do if I was CrossFit HQ is I would take a camera and I'd come right to you two. You already have the secret to success. I would interview you, Craig. Hey, what'd you do with your gym? How'd you do this? I'd interview Jamie Lee and I would say, hey, what what happened here? Like, how did you create a business with inside this business? How did you guys work that together? What does that look like now? You know, what does it look like for your coaches that are and it wouldn't need to be long. You don't need to be it, it doesn't need to be some documentary. It should not be curated. It should not be done with a professional right. camera crew. It should just be raw and real. And all of a sudden I'm I'm an affiliate owner in Boston listening to you guys kind of do it. Say, oh shit, wait a minute. I got a coach that's like him. Maybe we could do our pro maybe we could piggyback off of that too. And then on top of that, you you list it with, hey, and if you guys had any more questions, you know, reach out to Craig or reach out to Craig. And now all of a sudden I'm picking up the phone. And going, hey guys, I just saw your video that CrossFit HQ put out. I'm in a similar situation, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can I can I chat with you? Jamie, how'd you do this? How'd you branch off? What were those conversations like? Was it a tough conversation? Did it make sense? You know, especially with your your background, uh, Jamie, you could go in there and be like, hey, you know, like I used to, I, I owned an affiliate. This was the transition I made out of it. This was a better choice. Me, these are the reasons why. And you just get this. And if you imagine if you did it with a handful of affiliates, how much different stories, ideas, and inspiration for other affiliate owners that might feel stuck and alone would they get just out of that media itself? Yep. Instead of going out and talking to affiliate owners that left and finding out what the fuck you did wrong. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and by the way, they're going to bullshit you. Yeah. Okay. And they're not, right. and they're not going to tell you what the fuck they did wrong. And they're going to open that. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. The stuff that they didn't do, the classes that they didn't show up for, the, the warm ups and mobility work that they didn't do before every class, the, um, the giving free memberships to their buddies. The here's the one that I get all the time: not cleaning your gym. Oh my gosh! I, I got yeah. this. I, I, I'm this the, the, one of our one of our uh, coaches that say, or one of our uh, members that say, a top regional manager at Enterprise Rent a Car, um, and talks to other um, people within his company that work at that go to other uh, CrossFit affiliates around the United States. Has said to me, he goes, man, because the number one complaint I get from them about their CrossFit gyms is they're not clean. And and to me, I'm just like, are you <laughs> at this stage? Are thing. you fucking kidding me? Right, right. Said, like, how do you not know that? Like, yeah. Do you? I got, I got, I have two breakfast places I go to every Sunday. That I trade off between the two of them, and the reason why we go to the, both of them, like the number one reason, is, is it's clean. Yeah. Every time I go there, the place is clean. I don't care if the, the what the what the clientele's like. I don't care what the what the deco, decor is like, but the place, because my, my wife's kind of clean for But we go there because it's clean, and yeah. then the food. Every time we go, if she gets that omelet, that omelet is prepared exactly the same way. Like it comes out as good, like. Two kind of, and you can do that in a CrossFit gym. Make sure it's clean and make sure the class, every time they go, there's mobility, there's skill work, and then there's a workout. Consistent. Yeah, it's consistent. consistent. Yeah. And and when I heard that, he said that, this was yesterday, he said this to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Not clean? How the fuck (laughs) could you not have a clean? Like, that's like. It's Glassman's first thing. Yes. You know, it's. And I've been to Mets Gym. I know how clean Mets Gym is clean, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. We really take pride in that. I might go too far sometimes, and I'm like, all the laces on the wall ball need to be out. All the numbers. All the numbers out. So what are you doing? Then I like it too when I go there and I see them all out. I'm like, yeah. Well, funny story to that is, so we started a, a youth program uh, at the gym. Again, somebody who's been a longtime member that's mentioned the coaches that that coaches over at our uh, local high school here wanted to kind of expand upon that program, right? So anyhow, we got all the kids in there, and they were put they put back their wall balls, and it's just scattered all over the thing. So I bring them over, and I'm like, "Come here, guys. Let me let me explain something to you." And I said, "the the other the other people that I work with, the firefighters and the military and stuff like this, the reason why the attention to detail and doing everything right is so important is because when that standard slip." Even if it's a little bit, even if it's one time it slips, it's going to continue to slip. It's never in homeostasis. You're either improving upon it or it's starting to lack, right? There's never, there's never like a in-between. I said, and these people's jobs depend on advancement of the standard because if it slips, people die. And um, I said, and if you started to look at everything with that level of seriousness, you'll start to find little opportunities to create consistency and excellence and going just a little bit above and beyond, which is going to translate into everything else in your life. The people who you hang around with, who you, what you do to your day-to-day, how you're thinking, the type of stuff you're consuming, not just food, but watching and listening to all the time, right? And so the joke was always uh, going because Grace kind of looked and she's like, if those ball balls aren't right, someone's going to die. And like, <laughs> so that's always like the, yep. the thing that I do is like, especially when I'm explaining something to the class and like they turn into what I like to call the unconscious mode. And you're like, hey, guys, grab a barbell and head over here. And they just start walking towards the dumbbells and you're just watching them like, why are you whole, why is this whole class walking to the dumbbells? And so I'd always say, hey, attention to detail or you're dead. Dead in combat, dead in combat. Dead. And they're just like, dude, this is, this is so extreme. But the purpose of it, and going back to what you were saying, uh, Craig, about those restaurants and about the gym, is when you notice that detail done, you say, these people have a standard. Yes. It's not, this isn't put this way by accident. Yes. 
Somebody said the wall balls go like this. The jump ropes go like this. On Tuesdays, we clean the bathroom like this. And once you realize that they have a standard and potentially even a system that backs that standard, you know that you're going to get a consistent product. You know that you're going to get friendly coaches. And you know that this is a business that's going to be around for a while and has been around for a while. Because if it's not clean, the first thing you're thinking is, okay, if they can't even put the dust off these wall balls or wipe down this bathroom on a consistent basis, there's no standard here. And therefore, everything else is going to reflect that same yeah. mentality. Yeah, and I don't care. I don't care how how fucking good and how thick your playbook is. If you're not doing that, the playbook doesn't matter. Like doesn't those matter. Are bare minimums, and those are things that, that those are things that don't need to be taught. Those are things that should be understood when you like. That should be on the affiliate freaking application. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, how often do you plan to clean your bathrooms? <laughs> exactly. And w- what type of standard do you hold yourself to? Yeah. And you could put together and you could even frame it so it makes it easier and put together yeah, a question yeah, here, you know, like go right now, go take a picture of your of your house. I want to see your kitchen and your bedroom right now. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. yeah. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true because we, we all, you know, you're always going to have to. And as an owner, you're going to have to yeah. decide, okay, these are my standards. This is the way we operate. This is what we stand for. And yeah. as CrossFit HQ, you're saying, hey, you're free to do whatever you want, run your gym however you want. And then you can kind of look back on that and say, are those standards going to be reflective of what we want in CrossFit, right? And then you can help nudge in certain directions, whether it be best practices or whether it be Katie Hogan dropping into your gym and taking a class and looking around and going like, you guys need to clean this place. Yep. Because if you had surprise visits, and the joke that I used to make uh, to my staff all the time. And actually, Craig, you were part of it as well, too, uh, in, the, in the last couple of years. So I always had this running joke. And um, I went to Ben Bergeron's immersion thing back in like 2017 or earlier in that 2016 or whatever. And then um, uh, after that, I had started to try to get close to HQ. And so I made up this thing to my coaches. If they see this, too, they're going to crack up. And I told them, hey, I just spoke with uh, Ben and the guys over at HQ and they're planning to do a, a gym tour. And because of my connection with Ben and going out there and because of which HQ, they're going to come visit this gym. We just don't know when. And so I'd always kind of distill that fear. And then, and then Craig, after I reached out to you for a mentorship and had you come into the gym, I literally told him, I was like, guys, I, Craig is going to come out and do surprise visits. Now we had never discussed this at all. <laughs> like it wasn't even a thing, but I just kept telling him that. So they always had that in the back of the mind, like don't be the coach that fucked it up when Craig came to visit, right? Like don't be that guy or girl. And so it, it's like, you kind of hang that carrot out. But again, if we go back to CrossFit creating a media inside the affiliates, CrossFit telling the stories that are happening inside the affiliates, they create that tension on their own because they go, shit, I want to be one of those gyms. How do they do it? Well, every gym they go to is clean. Every gym they go to, they have a standard. Every gym they go to, they're highlighting some sort of unique process that this gym runs that adds value to their community and to their coaches. Here's what I need to do. I need to create a standard. I need to create some unique opportunity, and I need to try to get myself close to HQ so then I could be one of those gyms that's highlighted because HQ is back on a pedestal. Dude, I look at that. When I, when I see CrossFit videos of, uh, at affiliates, oh, I, I'm looking at the background. Like I'm, I'm looking at where they have their weight stack. I'm looking at the, the mural they have on their on their wall. I'm looking at their whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I look at all those things. I don't just look at the and see the content. Um, and it's because there's there might be something there one that I can glean from. But two, like I'm like, oh shit, no wonder those guys. Look at that. Damn, that gym looks good. Yeah, 
Exactly. And then what happens? You go back to your gym and you're like looking around like, we need to get rid of that shit. Exactly. That's old. Let's replace oh, this. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. Coaches, meeting. We're going to paint this place again. Yeah. You know, and you start to, and you, and it creates that because oh, yeah, you're, you're putting HQ on a pedestal. I'll, I'll never forget, you know, when I snuck into that first DDC and I was there, I was like, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm close. And um, unfortunately, we, we didn't get a chance to do it. But I just remember you saying, hey, have you, and this was you speaking, Craig, and you were like, hey, have you checked out the upstairs? I went, no. And you go, oh, I'll give you a tour of it. And I was like thinking in my mind, I was like, shit, a tour of HQ. This is awesome. You know, yeah. now granted, this was uh, back after the Jeff Kane day and he came through right. and napalm the whole place. Right. But um, but before then, it was like I wanted to be a part of HQ. I wanted them to be on my video. I wanted to, 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 to be close to that. And they were just creating that tension and they were creating that status by the media that they were constantly putting out. And once That's you right. saw that media go away, there's no more tension for me to really be, you know, close to HQ or want to do anything. And they're not putting themselves on a pedestal. In fact, they're doing so much damage by allowing these other outlets like morning chalk up and mm -hmm. stuff like that actually be the voice for them. So now not only have you not created status for yourself as HQ, like the top tier, everybody wants to be close to, but now you've lowered yourself. And you basically stood up there on a stage and been like, hi, and, and everybody else in the community now just throws tomatoes at you. And you, CrossFit needs to get back to the point where they can create status with HQ. So that way I want to be there. I want to be one of those highlighted gyms and they need to, they need to showcase media that's happening inside of the walls that's of your guys' gym. Or gym I, hadn't thought, I hadn't okay. thought about that at all, but that's so, that's, that's I mean, a very, very good point. Dude. That kind of goes back to the whole point you guys were talking about with, you know, the pipeline and having, level one affiliates like that dwindling is a direct response to not having the media out there. I mean, I think about it. I was a personal trainer. I got, got wind of CrossFit. I watched the whole and read all the CrossFit journal in the first year before I even got certified yes. and here I am today. Yes. You know, and it's, that's a major thing I think that we're missing right now with, oh, or that God. CrossFit is missing right now is their own media team coming back into play to show what is actually happening. Get a CrossFit journal. Dude, journal. such a great point. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and I had mentioned that about the journal because this was like uh, 2009 is when I started to get like into CrossFit. I still wasn't at an affiliate at that time, but I was doing it at my house. In fact, I didn't know CrossFit was a company. I'd, I'd heard about it from one of my military buddies and he would we'd drink all night Saturday night and we'd wake up Sunday morning and do these crazy workouts with him, right? Like that was our weekend uh, deal. And it wasn't until he got deployed that selfishly, I was like, dude, Kenny, what? how am I going to work out if you're over there fighting for our country, dude? It's about me here and my, you know, my Sunday workouts. And he's like, bro, it's called CrossFit.com. It's what we've been doing the whole time. And I, was like, you mean, I was like, you mean we've been naming these workouts out of our ex-girlfriends for no reason? It's not, you don't have to do this every time. <laughs> True story about that too, by the way. But yeah. And then once I was turned on to the website, it was like every day, yeah. 5 p.m. Yeah check it. What's the WAD demo? What's the workout? What new piece of content is going to be on there? Filing through the journal. I mean, I went through and created five or six audio pieces directly from the journal in uh, 2019, just because I believed in it so much that I knew that if there was an audio form of the journal, that it would inspire the same things that we became inspired by. Mm -hmm. So There's by the way, there. do you know what's become of that? Do you know that um, Nicole Christensen has started the audio files. Has she? Yeah, has a direct result of what you're doing. So I I recorded one. Nice. I did uh, I did understanding mind my, my the one I did was uh, a journal article called Understanding CrossFit. 
and it's verbatim. You just read it verbatim. It's hard as shit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Especially the fucking Greg ones and the way Greg talks, dude. Dude, it took me way longer than I thought. Ever? Yeah. Oh, I'm so pissed. Like, and you say, and then you say the word wrong. You say that order, and and it's so like he writes long sentences with very large words, and you have to. And then I have to read. Like, okay, that did not sound right the way I read. Yeah. Bipedial? What the fuck is bipedial? You know, you had to go back and like, yeah. Yeah, I in in the so the thing with me too is like I dude, they've got uh, three or four articles out done. That's awesome. I wonder how many. If I had the time, I would battle them and just try to do more than they could. But um, (laughs) uh, but yeah, you know, I did what is fitness. I did just squat. I did luck fitness and health. I did um, a couple other a couple other ones too. They're still floating around. Two of them are on YouTube, and then a couple a handful of them are on um on Buzzsprout still. So you could still find it at CrossFit Audio Journal and go down to the bottom there. But um, yeah, I played like, cause you remember when they had like the uh, symphony music for the old people working out next yeah. to the couch. Yeah. So I, I ripped one of those symphony songs and I created it as an intro. And then, yeah. so then once I got good, it played the symphony and I would start it the same way. Hello, my name is Matt. Welcome to the CrossFit Audio Journal. Today we'll be reading Luck, Fitness and Health. Originally <laughs> recorded by Greg Glassman in 2002 in a lecture from, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then the music would like pick back up and then it'd fade back and it would just be <laughs> reading. Going on, man? But uh, yeah, I really, you know, I really thought that um, it was valuable. And I knew that we could touch more people if you could just listen to it verbatim. They were short. It takes fucking hours to record. And then you're like, it's a four minute recording. Yeah. This took me 12 hours. Yeah. And the, the amount of oh, times man. I should do a blooper where I'm like reading and then I stop. And then you just hear me in the mic like, God dang it. I feel better because that's exactly what happened to me multiple times. I was just, I was, at one point I was sweating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you, did you just, were you able just to do it on your own at your house or did you have to like be no, around other people? Yeah, I did it here. In oh, the, thank goodness. No way I could have done it around people. Dude. I, and so for me in like school, like school was never a strong suit for me. I would, I literally, I wish I could, I should find them in my, my parents' house and post them, but it would be like C, C minus D, C, only comment, a pleasure to have in class. <laughs> and my parents were like, how does this make any sense? And I was such like, and I didn't realize that it was sales at the time, but I such as I'm like, mom, that is a progress report. First off, we don't need this extra stress in our lives. Okay. This means nothing. It's going to be thrown away. I'm going to have a talk with Mrs. Z. We're going to get this whole thing sorted out. There's probably the, the paper I turned in probably wasn't graded yet. You know, and you're like, and you're like selling it that I'd go back to the teachers and they would just like crack up. I mean, half of them were just like, you know what? School's not for you, but you'll be fine in life. Let me just, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. So to that point, I used to, I used to be one of those kids that like the reading out loud was just anxiety for me. So I could never actually comprehend anything in the class because all I was doing was counting the number of students, counting the paragraphs, and then trying to skip ahead to read my paragraph. So then that way, by the time it came back around to me, I, 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 would be able to read it and it would be, it would be fluent. I wouldn't screw it up. And the ironic part of that is I could listen and comprehend excellent. So if you give me a podcast or a book, I could listen to it almost on like 1.5 speed or 1.8 speed. And I could tell you back what it was about. So it was like this big, really big missing gap in my learning because I was just so stressed about having to read it. So anyhow, when I started up the journal again, it was like flashbacks. Like I was right back in, in grade school, like trying to read and fumble over my words. And I'm glad we shared that experience together because <laughs> unless you do it, you don't really know how no, tough that yeah, actually I know, is. Man. I, that's why I said to Nicole Christian, this is 
way harder than I thought it was going to be. It's fascinating. But that's good that they're um, that they're doing it because yeah. uh, you know what else is interesting on Amazon on Alexa. I thought that that voice thing was really going to be something in the future. Um, still might. I don't know if we're quite there, but. I had it set up and I took it and it still might work where if you said, Alexa, read me what is fitness CrossFit journal audio, it would pop up my article right away. And so I was really trying to like capture that early on. So if they ever came back to me and wanted to like do it, they would have to kind of roll through, through some of my stuff. That's great. But yeah. Well, media, media L1 and uh, clean your gym. That's uh those, there's your, there's your, there's there's the secrets to the success of CrossFit and CrossFit affiliates. Yeah, and hopefully too, like I would love to see this elevated by CrossFit, like this podcast in particular, and uh, other people that are doing something like not somebody who's selling something like you said before, because I know that there's the two brain business in the best hour of their day, and it's like you want to be on my podcast, pay me two grand a month, <laughs> you know, and like, <laughs> yeah. and, and and I know that's not the case of them, so that wasn't a shot, that was just, a joke. but but the point being is like if you just have these natural conversations and the way they go with the affiliate owners on specific issues, whether this be coaching, which kind of fell into the larger bucket of like how CrossFit could also solve some of these problems, you just have this really great melting pot of ideas and inspiration and stories it's, and it's yeah. the way we built ourselves right sharing ideas you know um getting on the message board talking about it picking up the phone meeting with each other seeing each other at events talk oh shit i've come back from i usually come back from like a regionals event go oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. on the drive back i'll be like you want to talk to someone so here's what they're doing yeah all right you know and it's that it's just more of that, like the yeah. dynamic stuff. And but CrossFit, get that, the, the points you made about CrossFit and CrossFit Media and the importance of it and creating significance around CrossFit HQ um, in the, in the, the, the like you said, the desire, I want to please CrossFit. I want to make CrossFit. I want to be like them. I want to be yep. part of what they're doing. Yep. But if but if they're not promoting themselves, that the other affiliates, people could care less. Or even worse, outsourcing it to these <sighs> consulting groups of like how we create an identity and you know this and that. it's just like guys, you already have it. It's inside your affiliates sticking. And I've talked about it with um, Sevon quite a bit. And I and uh, and finally we were just like we're gonna make what we want to see. So you guys saw that affiliate commercial that he put out yeah. that we literally and literally when he says we created this just as a pee break, that was how this whole thing started. He's like, I need a video so I can click it and take a pee break during a longer podcast and um you know we we're just brainstorming around and and we were talking about the media and i said hey dude we should just do, we should just create what we want to see and then hopefully awesome. they'll build they'll pick it up from there and so i recently uh hired my guy I came down i made two two reels um kind of discussing the same stuff with crossfit one was like firefighters and the police and that type of stuff and and it almost got me thinking right now i was like man maybe i should just talk to my uh camera guy that's down here trevor's has his own little small media company and just come out and interview you guys myself and just create that content around it so i'll i'll chat with you guys afterwards and see if that's something you're open to maybe after the first of the year i'll see if my guy trevor could come out or maybe i could even film it then just have him do post-production because yeah we got a video person too we could have cat do it yeah so i mean i'm just thinking like if we just kind of create what we see and and let's just make it ourselves just do it on our own. And I mean, ultimately, you know, we're in our own bubble here at, at, uh, in Northern California, we could start to create some of this media and some of this stuff and, and help, help ourselves, you know what I mean? And, and maybe CrossFit would even, um, uh, kind of look at that and say, Hey, they're going to do proof of concept for us. If it works out, we'll, we'll 
throw a little bit of money your guys' way yeah. um, in terms of creating more content, not in terms of, you know, yeah, no, more mar- no more marketing firms, no more. I, I told Don Fall, I had a chance to meet with Don Fall a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I told him, I said, look, at, you want to, you want to find out how to do things? Just talk to the affiliate owners that are out there. Talk to the OGs and no more fucking surveys. No more. <laughs> he goes, well, what, what's one thing we could do to kind of improve? I go, well, first of all, no surveys. Like, I want <laughs> Okay. two or three surveys like scratch the surveys right i don't want to fill out a survey and the people that do want to fill out a survey they're not the people you want to hear from no it's not a hundred percent but i do think that and i would um i would love to work with you guys in creating some of the stuff and uh uh maybe too i could get um, sevon out there to to actually film and, and do it because with him in front of and behind the camera with this stuff i mean yeah. he creates some awesome things and so um you know hopefully yeah, what, we could do, what we could do is do an episode of the salon podcast out of here which would be fun and then oh and, that would be a blast and then do some content after we'll yeah or logistics figure yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 right. yeah but yeah and you know hopefully uh hopefully somebody from um crossfit uh watches this i'm gonna suggest to a couple of the connections that i have that they do because i just yeah. think the discussion that we've that we've had around today and one last thing um so i have this I have this thing with the, with the firefighters, right? And it's a relatively lucrative year long contract. And essentially uh, my biggest downfall again is uh, qualified trainers mm-hmm. because I could take this in a couple years back. I had spoken to you about it, uh, Craig, I came in hot and I was like, I want you to be the CEO of this company I'm creating. Um, <laughs> the hours are crazy and the pay is shit, but you're going to love it. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got the joke there, but, uh, but yeah. And the, and the thing is too, is I've turned down a couple other stations because I just don't have qualified individuals. But if I could give, $35,000 to $45,000 for an annual uh, uh, salary for one of these trainers and put them to the department, you would work one hour a week at each department. And depending on how much we want to do, your max would be four hours a week at either the same department or at two separate departments. And I could pay a trainer that. And then, of course, you have to travel a little bit within the area. So we'd have to make sure, like, you know, geographically it made sense. And we could essentially insert what I've been doing with, uh, with Hayward Fire Department, which some might call it CrossFit, some might not. just depends on how you look at it. And, um, and, uh, and plug a bunch of trainers and not only make lucrative, real meaningful opportunities for, for trainers, but at the same time, really, really improve our first responders' health yeah. and their capability to be leaders once again in this community, not somebody who we're looking at as defunding or the enemy or on their end the state just essentially is waiting. Hey, yeah, we'll get your retirement because I know you're going to die in two years after you yeah. retire because your health is so poor that we don't even have to save much money for a pension because you're going to croak. And statistics show that 80% of the firefighters and police and first responders die within two years of retirement. And Are the number one, me? nope, and the number one job threat to firefighters, their number one job threat, and the reason why uh, a lot of them die in the line of duty is because they show up to a scene, a big scene, they go through what they have to go through and they go into AFib or cardiac arrest on the way home because their body isn't used to handling that stress. Their aerobic system in their heart isn't used to handling that stress. And on the way back from the call, they go into cardiac arrest. Is that for real? For real. Yep. And I'm working on it here. So we have the in-body scan, the same one you guys do. And we, we scan all of them and stuff like that. And, you know, the ones that really um, haven't, kept up to the standard it's like you look at it and you know 60 pounds overweight 
30% body fat, 35% body fat. And so there's a real need for it there. And the best part is, is it's, it's government contracted. So you get in with them for the year and you lock it down and uh, you prove the result and the data and they'll keep that contract for life because they don't really want to look anywhere else. And so I've kind of just been sitting on this, this thing and, um, and could really think it has some good implication. Sure. Uh, we get the right people. You know, who's the best solution for all of this? CrossFit. CrossFit. Exactly. It's, yeah. So it's, it's, it's where we got started. Like, Mm-hmm. So frustrating mm-hmm. when I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. And they're not the the especially the police officers and stuff. We're lucky because we have one guy out here um that is really big community driver. He stops into the gym all the time. He'll come full uniform and just crank out some pull-ups. We brought him in with the youth group and like all the kids are like why is there a cop here? Someone's getting arrested. And we're like, Hey guys, let's introduce it. Officer so-and-so come on over. And like, they were like, Oh, and by the end they were asking him about his job and they were like pumped. And he's like back squatting, you know, three Oh something with all his gear on. And they're like, Holy crap. And you're like, you could see it inspiring these kids and having worked closely with military recruiting in being close with these fire departments. Now I know that they have a, we think we have a problem with the L ones. They have a massive problem with recruiting. Kids aren't playing sports. Kids are soft, and the ones that are coming into that field are either medically being rolled out because their bodies aren't haven't ever taken that kind of physicality before because they didn't play sports and weren't active as kids, or they drop out because they think that it's too hard, so they just quit. So, yeah. Wow. Problems to be solved, gentlemen. Problems to be solved. Problems to be solved. We and we have the solution. We do. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right on, dude. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah. No problem. Really, I had a blast, really, guys. It's very good. That. It's the longest podcast we've done. Oh, sorry. I ramble a lot. No, no, it's good. no, no, no. It's just, just great content all throughout it. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll yeah, hopefully. And then uh, we'll share more stuff. And then I'll yeah. touch. Yeah, and let's stay in touch too. Um, Jamie, let me get your number. Maybe we get the three of us in a thread yeah. together and we'll kind of chat because I, no, seriously, I'd love to come out and like, you know, film some stuff or collab and create some media that we could share within ourselves and everything else. Absolutely. Cool. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah.